Welcome to Choice Classic Radio, where we bring to you the greatest old-time radio shows. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and thank you for donating at choiceclassicradio.com. Now, Roma Wines, R-O-M-A, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. Roma Wines present Suspense. Tonight, Roma Wines bring you the MGM star, Miss Agnes Moorhead, in Postmortem, a suspense play produced, edited, and directed for Roma Wines by William Spear. Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills, is presented for your enjoyment by Roma Wines. That's R-O-M-A, Roma Wines. Those excellent California wines that can add so much pleasantness to the way you live. To your happiness and entertaining guests. To your enjoyment of everyday meals. Yes, right now a glass full would be very pleasant. As Roma Wines bring you Agnes Moorhead in a remarkable tale of... Suspense! Up with the buttercups, come on, get up, get up, here comes the sun. Good morning, darling. Even you, Goose. <laughs> Your coffee, madame. Oh, I'm proud. I wish you wouldn't insist on my having coffee in bed, Stephen. It oh. makes me feel like a loose character, <laughs> just like the old days when I was in the theater. Uh, coffee in bed, then a long soak in the tub under the sunlight. That's old Doc Archie's prescription for those aches and pains of yours. Oh, but I haven't had any aches and pains for weeks now. Yeah, that proves that you can't afford to stop the treatment now. <laughs> Besides, you look beautiful with a sunday. Well, if that's the case, have some coffee with me. Oh, I'm sorry. It's 9 o'clock. The train doesn't leave till 9.22. Ah, but the early bird gets the seat, my precious. I'll just start the water running and set up the lamp for you, my dear. You needn't do all that, bother. How do you like your water this morning? Warm, lukewarm, hot. Warm. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm setting the lamp for 10 minutes. Mind you don't take too much. No. All right, dear. All right, all right. If you uh, get in the bath, just as you hear me close the front door, you'll get just the right amount of sun. Oh, really, Stephen? Now, uh, where's my goodbye kiss? Stephen, uh... Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Goodbye now. Bye-bye, darling. Be good now. Come on, come on. Go, 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 go
Josephine Mead? Well, I was. My name is Archer now. I've remarried. What was it? This is the place, fellas. Hold everything. We're coming. But who are those men? Who are you? Uh, does she know yet? Hold that, will you, Mrs. Mead? Hold it. All right, fine. Now let's try another one inside. Uh, maybe in the kitchen, huh? All right. What were you doing? Fetching uh, breakfast I... for your husband? Well, put the camera away. Can't you see she doesn't know yet? Well, she you... don't know yet? Haven't you been listening to the radio, Mrs. Mead? No, it's just burned out. Why? She really don't know yet. Hey, will you tell me what it is? Aren't I... you going to ask us in? Well, I well, I... Now, uh, your husband, madam. My husband? Uh... He just left the house. Okay, had something happened to him? No, no, we got news for you, Mrs. Mead. I wish you'd stop calling me Mrs. Mead. My name is Archer now. I explained that to this man here. Oh, uh, Westcott's my name, Paul Westcott. I'm from the Evening Bulletin. You're a newspaper man. Yeah. Oh, my thousand crown. I haven't been interviewed by the press since I opened in Bright Eyes in New Haven 20 years ago. You were an actress? Well, I gave up my career after I married Mr. Mead. I, I often thought I might go back to the theater, but things... Didn't work out that way. Now, well, that's very interesting, Mrs. Archer, but about the news we were going to tell you. Oh, don't tell them. I should guess. Well, please, I... Don't you guess? No, and I... Well, I'll give you a hint. It's the day the Derby is run off. Derby? Now, can't you guess why we're here? Your horses come in first. Oh, you must have the wrong party. I, I don't own any horses. <laughs> well, well, no, no, no. Don't you understand? The news just came over the ticker from London. You're one of the three Americans to hold a ticket on Robin Hall in the sweepstakes. Oh, there must be some mistake. Don't I... you understand? You've won $150,000. 150000 I saw some crown. What's the matter? Don't that make you happy? Boy, what a caption. Housewife wins sweepstakes. Must be mistake, she said. Oh, no, no. There really must be some mistake somewhere. It must be somebody else with the same name. You see, I... I haven't any ticket on Well, I haven't any ticket at all. Well, sure, you must have. Where'd they get your name and address from otherwise? You don't just make up those things out of thin air. What are you trying to do, kid? Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, you say the winning ticket is in the name of me? Yes, Mrs. Josephine Maid. You said that was your name. Then it must have been my late husband who bought the ticket. Huh? You see, the house is in my name, and I stayed on here... After I lost Harry and uh, after my marriage to Mr. Archer. Oh, well, well, that's all right. Mead bought the sweepstakes ticket in your name. Anyway, you're the winner. But I don't even have a ticket. You don't have it. You mean it's lost? I never even knew he bought one until now. He never said a word to me about it. He he died quite suddenly, you see. Well, gee, you better look around Gordon and see if you can find her. Sure, you can't collect the money without it. You got any of your late husband's effects around the house, Mrs. Archer? No, no, they've uh, all been disposed of, but I went through everything very carefully. If there'd been anything there, even thrown into the lining of one of his shoes, I, I'd have found it. Well, Mrs. Archer, if your late husband never told you about it, he must have been intending to surprise you in case it won anything. So he would have put it somewhere where you wouldn't be likely to find it, wouldn't he? Well, he would in any case. I I, I didn't approve of his damage. Uh, now, Mrs. Archer, think hard. Wasn't there a suit he didn't wear very much? One you might not have sent out since the ticket was bought? Put away in mothballs, maybe? Uh, well, uh, there was his dark blue. Ah, his dark blue. He'd only worn that once or twice. I, I, I never looked there. You see, I sent all his other clothes to the Russian war relief. 
Uh, but the uh, dark blue was in such good condition as practically new, Mr. Weston. Oh, that's where that ticket is. I'll bet any amount it's in that dark blue suit. Let's have a look right now. Well, I'm afraid that's not possible. Not possible. Oh, really, Mrs. Uh, because, uh, because that's the suit Mr. Mead was buried in. <laughs> Suspense, Roma Wines are bringing you as star Agnes Moorhead in Postmortem, a radio play by Robert Tallman from the story by Cornell Woolrich. Roma Wines presentation tonight in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Between the acts of Suspense, this is Truman Bradley for Roma Wines. Evenings at home can be dull as dishwashing or friendly as a fireside, depending upon the ingenuity of the lady of the house. Well, here's a simple suggestion many smart American homemakers follow to brighten stay-at-home nights. As a high spot in a quiet evening of restful reading or listening to favorite radio shows, serve Roma California Sherry. For Roma Sherry helps an evening along, adds a welcome note of warmth to friendly companionship. Yes, there's something about glowing golden amber Roma Sherry with the rich, mellow, nut-like taste that everyone enjoys. Roma Sherry, the favorite of millions as first call for dinner, is a delightful entertainment wine, too. So delicious with cheese and crackers or any simple snack. And Roma brings you a glorious sherry that is unvaryingly fine. Bottled at the famous Roma winery in California to assure you sealed in goodness always. Give your family a pleasant surprise with fine Roma Sherry tomorrow. Delicious, easy to serve, so inexpensive. Remember, more Americans enjoy Roma than any other wine. Insist on Roma Wines. R-O-M-A. And now, Roma Wines bring back to our Hollywood soundstage Agnes Moorhead as Josie Archer with Joseph Kearns as Stephen in Postmortem, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Well, you see, Stephen, that's the only place it can be. It, it's there in the in the casket with him. What makes you so certain of that? Well, the one and only time he wore that suit before his death was one Saturday afternoon when he went out for a stroll and stopped in at a, at a pool room. Mm. What more likely place than that for him to have bought a sweepstakes ticket? Well, if, if it's buried with him, we might as well kiss it goodbye. But $150,000, You haven't Stephen. any right to disturb a grave just on a hunch like that. And anyway, Harry might have lost the ticket. Oh, I tell you, I knew Harry needy no more lose a thing like that than... than well, he just wouldn't, that's all. Uh, it's there. It'll just have to stay that's there. Right, Stephen. All we have to do is get a court order I and... Tell you, I won't call for it. It's, it's sacrilege. If we've got to disturb the dead, we'll just have to let the money go. But it wouldn't be like desecrating a grave. How he would have wanted us to have that money. After all, you were his best now, look, friend. Josie, Josie, as your husband, I forbid you to disturb that man's remains. Stephen, really... Forget that there ever was such a sweepstakes ticket. Is that understood now? Well, all right, Stephen. Yes. Whatever you say. If that snooping newspaper man comes back here, you're not to let him in this house. Yes, Stephen. Is that a promise? Yes, Stephen. It's a promise. Well, I've got to go now. I'll miss my train. We'll talk about it some more tonight when I get home. All right, dear. Don't forget to take your sunlamp treatment. No, I won't. Bye now. My dear. 
Bruce Westcott. Uh, no, I have not reconsidered. I definitely have not reconsidered. Stephen and I have talked it over, and he's deeply shocked, and so am I. I must confess it's a very suggestion of disinterring poor Harry. Now, you'll simply have to go elsewhere for your front page scoop, because I'm absolutely adamant on this point, and no amount of persuasion will make me get my I know it. I shouldn't be doing this. I know it. I shouldn't be doing this. Yes, Mrs. Something Archer. Something could tell me. I... Oh, I... Oh, you wait here, Mrs. I Archer. I shouldn't be doing this. I know I shouldn't. Now, don't take it like that, Mrs. Archer. We have a court order all properly signed and perfectly legal. Well, I shouldn't have let you talk me into this. I, I'm, I'm just weak, that's all. I'm just weak. Stephen is sure to suspect something. That 150 grand ought to go a long way toward making him forgive you. Well, we'll... Will it take long? No, the workman is supposed to have it all ready. All that has to be done now is... Uh, well, it won't take long. Would you rather wait in the caretaker's house? No, no, I... I'll come along with you. All right. Hello there. Huh? Oh, are you Mr. Westcott? Yep. Well, sir, it is Mr. Westcott. We hoisted it up, but we didn't open it yet. All right, here's the authorization. Pry the lid off of there. Make it snappy, will you? All right. Uh, you take that in, Jack. Okay. All right. What's the matter? Is it stuck or what? Take it easy, lady, will you? It's coming. There you are, mister. It's all yours. Oh, hold. hold this light for me, will you? Keep it off your face. What's he doing now? Frisking the corpse. Oh. And don't ask me why. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Keep that light off his face, will you? Sensitive type. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I got what I came for. Oh, please, get that light off his face. Okay, mister, okay. Hey, if you're all finished, we'll tuck him in again. Wait a minute. Huh? Put the light back on him. On his face. Now, on his face. Hey, what's a big idea? Oh, Harry. <laughs> okay, you can douse that light now. Now, listen, you guys. Leave this just as it is. And stick right here until you hear from me. How come? What's the matter, Mr. Westcott? I'm not sure yet, but I've just got a hunch the DA is going to want an autopsy on this body. Why, Sergeant Crump? <laughs> Hey, what's this? Up and dressed already? Well, I bought some things in town yesterday afternoon. Uh, the delivery man usually comes around 10 o'clock, so I thought I'd put off my sun lamp and bath until then. Oh, but you will take your treatment then, promise me. All right, darling, but really you worry too much about me. Uh, you uh, must have come in awfully late last night. Did you see the show through twice? Stephen, I, I didn't go to a picture last night. I, I, uh, I did what you told me not to. What are you talking about? Here it is, Stephen, $150,000. You stupid little fool. Oh, my shoulder, you're hurting me. Who's with you? Who's hard beside you? Nobody, Stephen. I, I got the permanent took it out there, and he, he showed it to the man in charge of the grounds, and he, he got a couple of words. All right, go on, go on. One of them got it out of, out of the vest pocket, and, yes. and then they put the lid on again and lowered it and, and covered it up. You're sure everything was put back again? Just the way it was? Why, yes, Stephen, of course. 
Well, I, I, I just hate to think he wasn't uh, put back properly. Oh, then, then you aren't angry with me? I guess I acted pretty silly about it. I, oh, I thought, I, I don't know what I thought. Stephen, Stephen, you didn't suspect me of having anything to do with with Harry dying so suddenly. Oh, why, of course not. What an idea. Oh. Look, you, you better give me that ticket for safekeeping. Well, I'll put it in the safe down at the office till you're ready to turn it in. Oh, that's a wonderful idea, Stephen. It, it makes me nervous having it around the house. $150,000, Stephen. Just think of it. Oh. Harry's been pretty good to us, hasn't he? Oh, don't say things like that, Stephen. I'm sorry. Oh, Lord, it's nearly 10 o'clock. I've missed my train. But if you hurry, you can catch the 10.15. So, so. You won't forget your sunlight. I'll start at the 10.15 shop, I promise. Oh, uh, Oh, I'm sorry to be such a Dutch uncle, darling, but I do worry about you. You're wonderful to me, Stephen. Goodbye, dear. Goodbye, Stephen. Be careful, darling. Come in quickly. He just this minute left the house. I suppose he took the ticket with him. How did you know? I know a lot of things. For instance? The DA's ordered that autopsy on the body of your late husband. Five stars of crowd. I think they'll find out he was murdered. No. No. Your present husband, Stephen Archer, is an insurance agent, isn't he? Well, yes. And he insured your late husband heavily in your favor just before his death. Well, that doesn't prove anything. Well, maybe not. Uh, he's pretty good to you, isn't he? Takes you to Florida every winter, stuff like that? Oh, I should say not. How did you get such an idea? That coat of tan you've got. Oh, that. Oh, that's from the Sunland. I had a slight cold a while back, and now Stephen insisted I use the Sunland for ten minutes every morning while I'm in the bath. While you're in the bath? He says it's more beneficial that way. It's a terrible nuisance, of course. The bathroom's quite small. The lamp is always toppling over and falling on top of me. How's that? Well, I always wait till Stephen has left the house in the morning to take my bath, and then he almost always forgets something at the last minute and comes dashing back and blundering in the bathroom and over it goes. What sort of things does he forget? Oh, well, one day a clean handkerchief and the next some papers or other things that he needs or his fountain pen. Does he or... keep all those things in the bathroom? Oh, nobody can never find where they are so he comes barging in the bathroom to ask me and then over goes the lamp. You're saying. I suppose you're insured pretty heavily in his favor now. Oh, well, naturally, being in the business. Yes, naturally. Mr. Westcott, you don't... I don't think anything yet. Oh, dear, whatever shall I do? Tell you what, there's a way to find out if you'll cooperate with me. With your acting experience, this ought to be easy for you. Now, this is what I... This is Mr. Westcott. He's with the bulletin. And what can we do for you, Mr. Westcott? I stopped in the district attorney's office on my way here, Mr. Archer. They've just completed an autopsy on the body of Harry Meade. Oh. It wasn't my idea, Stephen. Believe me, it wasn't. You understand, of course, I'm not with the police. I'm in this for a news story or anything else that might come my way. I see. I might be able to help you people if you'll tell me the truth. What was the result of the autopsy? The report isn't made out yet, but I think they'll find he died of a blow over the head. Sit down, Mr. Westcott. I... I might as well tell you everything. Josie, you don't have to tell this man anything. Even let me do this in my own way. Uh, you see, Mr. Westcott, it was all my doing. Stephen was in no way to blame for what happened. He used to come over in the evenings to see Harry. Not, uh, not me, but the more I saw him, the stronger the feeling grew on my part. Harry was uh, 
heavily insured in my favor. She never took me seriously. Always scoffed at my love for the theater. I, I, I couldn't help thinking how opportune it would be if, if anything took him away from me. Josie. Do I make myself clear, Mr. Westcott? Go on. Well, the night Harry died, he had gone out and back at the house to get some air, and I was doing the dishes. And uh, it, it came over me all of a sudden what I had to do. I uh, dried my hands and went upstairs and got out an old flat iron I no longer used. And I came downstairs with it hidden under my apron and went out to where Harry was. Well, I, I stood there talking with him for a moment. And I waited until he turned his back to me. And then I did it. You did what? I, I swung the flat iron by its handle squarely at the back of his head. He didn't die right away, but he, he was unconscious and I, I could see it was all over. He, he had a weak heart, you know. And, well, afterwards, I, I took the iron over in the vacant lot and buried it. And the rest happened as I told you. Stephen came around and, and we carried him into the house. You mean you didn't notice the wound? Didn't it bleed? Well, it did a little, but I washed it off. I see. And then I took some pinkish face enamel I had left over from the days when I was an actress. And I, I, I plastered that over the wound and, and even powdered it so it would be less noticeable. I, I I made a good job of it because, after all, I do know something about those things, you know. Makeup. Uh, so that's why the doctor never noticed it when he examined Harry's body. Josie. Josie, I can't believe it. Uh, Forgive me, Mr. Westcott, but this is a terrible, terrible shock. Well, now you know everything. I suppose you may as well guide me to police headquarters. Why should I? You mean you aren't going to turn me in? That dent in his head could have been made by the men who exhumed the body. You and I are the only witnesses to that, Mrs. Archer. Yes, but look here, can't they in tell? In all cases, in this case, the body happens to be in a remarkably fine state of preservation. Besides, if I do you a favor, maybe you'll cut me in for a little of that sweepstakes ticket. Oh, anything. Anything you like at all. Good. I'll come back tomorrow and we'll talk it over. Good night. Good night, Mr. Westcott. And thanks... Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Good night, Mrs. Archer. Good night. Well, my dear. Stephen. I've got to do a little thinking, Josie. This changes things considerably. It won't make any difference between us, will it, Stephen? I did it for us so we could be together. But you, of all people, and going out there and then looking at him. But he was so well preserved, Stephen. He just looked as if he was sleeping. Oh, that's peculiar. What is? Well, he's, he's looking so well. After all, it's been some time. It's just like in the Emerald Snuff Box. What? The Emerald Snuff Box. You remember I played it for 33 weeks at the court theater? Opposite Henry Dixie? That was how they knew that it was poison. Because of the way the body looked. After all that time. Poisoner. Well, those bungling police doctors will never find it out. We can shut up that fool of a reporter with a sweepstakes ticket. That was a windfall anyway. We'll never miss it. But, Stephen, we can't count on things turning out the way you want them to. I made that confession just to give us a little time. We could take a plane in the morning and be in South America in a few hours. Oh, that'd be very foolish. No, my dear. Our best strategy is just to go on as we always have. I'll take the train into the office, you'll take your bath and sun lamp, and we'll be the same loving couple we've always been. <laughs>
idea where my iron pills are. I went off without them. They're on the sideboard in the dining room. You know perfectly well. What's that? I said they're on the sideboard in the dining room. I can't hear you. Mind if I open the door just a no, bit? No, Stephen, the sun lamp's right in front of the door. Wait, wait till I move. That's you say? I said don't open the door. The lamp's the devil is it? All right, I'm coming. I'll tear the devil up with the buttercup. <laughs> Mr. Arthur? Yes. Uh, my name's Madison, Bureau of Detectives. Oh, yes, Inspector, come in. This is most opportune you're coming just at this time. I was about to telephone the police. Oh? The most terrible thing has happened to my poor wife. Your wife? She was in the bath taking her sun lamp treatment. Like a blundering fool, I opened the door and the lamp fell over into the tub. I ran downstairs to cut off the house current, but before I could get back, she must Wait have... a minute. You went all the way downstairs to cut off the house current? Why didn't you just pull out the plug? Oh, I don't know. I was panicky. I got confused. There was a dreadful glare of light, sparks flying all over the place. I was half blind. Where's she now? Well, she's, she's still in there. I was... Trying to get up my nerve to go in when the doorbell rang. I couldn't bear to see you like that, Inspector. Electrocuted is just too horrible. Well, let's go up and have a look. Uh, probably too late, though. Yes, Inspector, I'm afraid it is too late, but as you say, we must do all we can. Yeah. <clears throat> well, Miss Doucher, this certainly happened at uh, an opportune time, as you say. A warrant has just been sworn out for your wife's arrest for the murder of her first husband, Harry Meade. This reporter here from the bulletin says he got a confession out of her. Hello? Oh, poor Josie. Poor, poor Josie. Perhaps it was just as well it happened this way. Is it, Stephen? Is it just as well? Josie! Well, Mrs. Archer, congratulations. You carried it off with flying colors. What do you mean, carried it off? By stars and crowns, Stephen, I wasn't even in the tub. I just stood behind the door and screamed when the lamp went out. Josie, you ought to be ashamed of yourself giving me a fright like that. It's no good you're pretending any longer, Stephen. Mr. West, I was absolutely right. You're nothing but a, a, a common murderer. Josie, why, surely you don't believe That's that... That's what my confession was for, you goose, to trap you. They know all about how you killed poor Harry, where you got the poison and everything, don't you, Inspector? That's right, Mrs. Arthur. Why, you're worse than Sheldon Lewis was in the Iron Claw. You'd stoop to anything. My stars and crown when I think what might have happened if Harry hadn't had on his new blue serge when he bought that sweepstakes ticket. Oh, officer, do your duty. Josie. Some little Josie. Well, I guess this about ties it. Come on, Archer. Let's go. Up on your feet. Yes, Stephen. Up with the buttercups. <laughs> 